Three, two, one. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 11 of Banter Podcast. Two ones. Now, are you doing Get Your Guns Up, Matt, in the recording studio? Um, (laughs) As a graduate of Texas A&M, I would never do so. (laughs) (laughs) And shout out to your uh, younger brother, Garrett, right? He just graduated. Yeah, just graduated. Big grad. He got his master's degree in accounting, so he is officially boring now. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. How cool. And to match, they had an equally boring graduation ceremony. Honestly, though, they probably had more fun at their graduation than I did at mine. So. <laughs> Doing it on Zoom? <laughs> it's just three hours of sitting there, oh, waiting for goodness. your name to get called next to somebody you don't know. Bro, I played so like, much Angry Birds during my graduation. Give me a break. Bro, so my graduation was 10 years ago from yesterday, uh, May 16th, 2010. It's wild. And I was supposed to be going to my reunion. Uh, yeah. In South Bend, like in a few weeks, that's obviously canceled. And yeah. I haven't heard a peep out of them, which is interesting because I'm really glad that I didn't pay a lot more money that I paid for my five-year reunion to get a weekend there, which is still really fun. But I'm like, I'm so happy because they would have taken my money and not given it back because the cancellation went into effect. But um, no, so it's, it's wild that it's been that long. But also, I'm with you on the like, three hours of boredom. Like, so when my brother graduated from UPenn in 2014, it was this beautiful night in Philadelphia. We were in uh, Franklin Field, which is the University of Pennsylvania's uh, uh, equivalent of a football stadium if they were a football school, which they Mm -hmm. are. But it was so nice. And I'm like, I forgot my flask. And I was so devastated. Um, (laughs) Because it was the longest, most boring assembly of, you know, a lot of Wharton bros that are insufferable, a lot of arts and sciences, cool kids. Was there a lot, were there a lot of like turtle frames, glasses and like finance swoops? Potentially, I didn't really notice because I more or less just put my face into my hands. A lot of navy suits and tan shoes. Yeah, and funny enough to take this to music, you know, the, the graduation for my brother was on like a Friday night or some shit and uh, that night, I went to his frat uh, of Sigma Alpha Epsilon. Woof. Um, but, you know, those fraternity kids. That- Unless you're a, a Sigma Alpha Epsilon alum and you happen to have us in your earbuds, then. Oh, or doing racist fraternity chats if you believe uh, University of Oklahoma. Well, this isn't a Jimmy Buffett podcast, so we probably aren't attracting too many frat well, boys. That, but that's, that's okay with us. Um, Whatever. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, agreed. And, and, and funny enough, like that night was super funny because we did uh, beer pong. And um, I had a beer pong tournament last night with all of my college buddies. Uh, so how does, hang on, how does a virtual beer pong work? It's pretty straightforward. You kind of create brackets, but the logic is to be able to kind of move through really quickly. Um, so rather than play with six cups, your opponent and you play with three cups. And so I'm, I'm envisioning you've set up three cups facing you in your own yeah. home. Yeah, and, and it's basically, them. you can position it anywhere, your cameras, whatever, and like a husband and wife couple would be one team, for instance. Uh, actually, sidebar, uh, my friend Dan, shout out to Dan, and his wife Megan were supposed to be getting married this weekend in Kansas City. And so we actually kind of did like a cute little surprise toast, and one of our uh, really good Irish friends who we've always called Father O'Flaherty, 
Um, uh, he he did like a little uh, you know sort of speech. It was it was so cute. But then um, you know for me, I just had three mugs uh, that I put out in the front and made the tip. And then I kid you not, the best substitute for beer pong balls or ping pong balls if you don't have it, wine corks. They're just as bouncy. Oh. Just as I mean, they are absolutely incredible. Um, and we kind of made it fun. So if you actually made your own cup, you drink because yeah. it's an honor. You know what I mean? Um, and then we just made it through the bracket. It was super fun. Um, Did you supply the playlist for the evening? No, no. You're a well-known playlist guy. I know, right? Um, but I, I was creeping on your profile on Spotify today. You know how many playlists you have? Too many. I need to consult. Yes. Guess the number. 110. Oh, you're so close. You have 108. Oh, woof. That is a lot. Yeah, obviously you've been many. slacking by two playlists. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Now, yeah. back to my brother's graduation, though. Like, that night, um, you know, their stupid beer pong rules were if you hit the bitch cup, which who knows what that even really means. I think it's like the cup in the middle. You and your opponent. I think it's time that we, we regender that to the prick cup. The prick cup. I like that better. Anyway, if you hit it in the middle, you have to drop your pants and play in your underwear. Um, and well, that took a kinky turn quickly. Right. And apparently my sister had come to visit Ronan from UPenn, uh, or from New York to UPenn, uh, a couple months before that. And he did the same thing with her when they were playing. So obviously my brother was the only one that went, uh, uh, you know, box into his boxes because my sister wasn't going to do that. Um, and so my brother did the same thing as I, and he did it again and he lost, uh, you know, but I carried the team. We had a rebuttal. We came back. But I was basically – my brother played so poorly. He's awful at that game. Um, and so the next day, I was super hungover for the college-wide ugly ceremony at the same field, but this time with all of the people. And then they also have, like, the Wharton people, the law people. It was just, like, overwhelmingly early, and I didn't feel great. But this, the keynote speaker was John Legend. <laughs> No, you got to see John Legend talk. Well, he said he's an alumni of UPenn. Why about that? That's pretty sweet. Yeah, and I was a big John Legend fan. Yeah, I was dying, and so thank God for the pretzel that I was able to consume that morning in the in the concession stand of Franklin Field in Philadelphia. But uh, yeah, I felt super. super that story had so many twists and turns. <laughs> <laughs> did I not expect did. John Legend to be involved. I know, right? And so that's what we're doing, right? We're just bantering uh, about music. and. So this is what, like seven years ago? Uh, six. May of 20. Six years ago? Yeah. Uh, so that's like right after All of Me came out, right? It was. and that was So John Legend was a, was a hot, well, he was a hot potato back then. And I did an All of Me remix in my yoga sculpt classes during that period of time. It's I have heard, I have been a part of that. La, la, love you. It, it, yeah, and I hate fine. John Legend for that song because it's always during the core part, and I, that's when I'm always internally cussing you out. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think everyone in your classes, but it's for our good. But also, what the hell? What the hell, Rohan? What's that all well, about? Okay, so I, I don't like John Legend for that song either, and actually that was my first exposure to John Legend. And I immediately put him in my, like, do not invest. What? No, no you got to go I, back. You got to go back for John Legend. That song got overplayed, and it was just, 
it was sad. It was slow. I just didn't like it. And it kind of set the standard for me with him. And I'm just like, no, I do this. No. Yeah, you came into John Legend at the wrong at the wrong point in time. Yeah. His album yeah. Get Lifted from 2004 is what got me into him. Hmm. Yeah, I think that that's good because you're more OG in that regard. Um, but one thing I wanted to talk to you, Matt, about is that we, three years ago, did the Gone Too Soon episode. I think it was episode three with Abby Gold. Yeah. Shout out to Abby. And, um, Shout out to Abby. Recently crazy. married, right? Recently yeah. married Abby. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations, yeah. Abby. Yeah, yeah. Super sweet. Uh, still in Detroit. And, and so um, in the three years that have elapsed since then, more artists have died. And it's sad to commemorate dead artists, but it's also done so from an angle of respect and, and kindness. And so we might have a, a little bit of runway to talk here and do a little bit of a sync up on that. And I want to start with one that hit close to home for me. And that we've talked about slightly on this podcast, but we've never gone into depth. And that was the death of Avicii in 2018. Yeah. You know, and talking yeah. about May being Mental Health Awareness Month, like, I got to tell you, I cried when that happened. Um, I, I think it just hit us all because it was just so unexpected. And he had just been releasing new songs, too. He had that album about to come out. Uh, he just had so much music left to go. And it just, I don't know what, like, he obviously he was struggling more than we knew, you know, in the public. But it was just really, it was just really abrupt. It just felt so abrupt. I didn't know how to process it. Yeah. Well, it was a suicide. Yeah. And um, I think for me, like, it, I guess I got kind of choked up because that song, what was that song that he had just released without? Bro Broken Arrows. Yeah. Broken Why? Arrows. Like, um, you stood, you loved, unto the dark. Blinding me behind those kind of that or wild eyes or something. You stripped it and, and basically it keeps going through. I mean, that's, that's what I loved about him so much is that he evoked so many feelings and thoughts into his emotions. And while people might've called it, um, you know, those musics of, uh, of cheese pop and whatever. Yeah. Okay. He had started off, you know, with levels. Right. And that was just like, you know, an adaptation of a, of a different music, but really the lyrics and the collaborations that he did with other artists, especially into the dance and EDM space, was a lot more oriented around being um, expressive and being vulnerable and then making it into some sort of like love parody sounds that were catchy, um, that were innovative. And, and, and just also, I think, you know, bringing music into a, a much more of a healing space. Um, so, you know, as someone that, you know, was, was uh, speaking to resilience and, and, and good cognition in the audience in the age bracket that he was in, if not others, at the same time, he was facing his inner demons and really suffering on the inside. Um, and I was very happy that the family didn't cover up his death. Um, you know, initially they had said something about like, you know, him not feeling well and implying that he may have died from, you know, some sort of health related things. But then they eventually said, you know, one or two days later, you know what, we're just going to be transparent with the world because that's, you know, we don't want to rob people that are struggling with this thing of, you know, examples of, of, of you know, people who we love who take their lives. And, and, you know, the conversation is not about right or wrong in that case. The conversation is more about 
you know, being honest and vulnerable with it because it's such a tough topic, but it's a very real topic. Um, and yeah. mental health is never going away and attention and, um, uh, things that, you know, the, the direction that mental health is taking, it's gaining speed and momentum, especially during COVID. So, um, I thought that was very poignant in its own way too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's like he had some songs that kind of foreshadowed it, like without you, which was such a great song, but just, yeah, yeah. I mean, it just kind of came out of nowhere. What other celebrity? What other celebrities have passed in the last two years? I'm talking or three years rather. So, uh, seventeen to two thousand twenty. I mean, a few that come to mind, like Aretha Franklin. That's true. That happened during your bachelor party. Remember, we were in Portland. Yeah. Paras, shout out to Paras. He was the one um, who's texting us today and using the group text thread from your bachelor. Yeah, we don't need to get into any of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not safe for a podcast. Ennis. Uh, um, we don't need but, to get the E rating. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> more than we already tried. But uh, I mean, remember we did the um, we arranged the uh, for you the karaoke, moving pub crawl, beer crawl, whatever it was on a trolley situation, and uh, yeah. Paras was incessantly reminding us to play Aretha Franklin in her honor. It was it was honestly touching. Um. What did Aretha mean to you? Uh, I mean, she was just such an influential R&B singer. She had such a great voice. I mean, like, I'm not going to sit here and say I was like a super fan and had every album on vinyl and listened to her constantly. But just she meant a lot to a lot of, uh, she was such a pioneer for uh, strong female voices. And I, I, you know, I think we're going to, we it's just like the world. She left the world in a better spot than when she came yeah. in. Yeah, I don't know. That sounds so cheesy, but you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other ones are like Mac Miller. I know he yeah. passed in 2018. I, again, yeah, yeah. I wasn't a huge Mac Miller guy, but it's just sad to see that. Happen. Oh yeah, I agree. I mean, I knew I had known of him, and I was uh, you know, my friend Chris. Shout out to Chris. He he had introduced me to Mac Miller. You know. Yeah, that was sad. I remember that. Um, yeah. I think the, maybe the one last year that kind of stuck with me the most. Oh, gosh. I'm trying to remember now. <laughs> this is kind of bringing me down. We we started off so high and now we're, we're no, kind of I mean, paying our respects. We got to pay our respects, though. We try to do yeah. this every now and then. Yeah, and uh, I uh, think that it, 2018 had definitely claimed a lot. Uh, you know, people that were uh, you know, very prominent, like Avicii, like uh, the uh, uh, the death of Aretha Franklin. I mean, it's just, it's always just, um, it, it, is, it is a very important thing to pay attention to that. You know, um, and of course, I think that we always think about our celebrities as kind of being immortal. And, mm-hmm. you know, no matter what kind of influences that they may have, you know, they, they, at the end of the day, are people that are, you know, near and dear to our hearts. And they die from, you know, decisions or from circumstances that, you know, they may not be able to, to control. And so it's, yeah. it's important to remember that, I think. I think one that really hit me hard was Daniel Johnston. He's out of Texas. Um, not super well known, but um, I think his albums are something that people, if you had not listened to him, 
you really should go listen to him. So his music actually um, inspired people like Kurt Cobain, um, inspired uh, Dave Grohl. Obviously, they were in Nirvana together. Um, it's it's like very simple music. So like he would record himself just playing guitar on a tape recorder and then hand those albums out. He was based in Austin. Uh, mm. If you've ever seen, if you've ever been to Austin, Texas, and you've seen the like frog looking painting that's on the side of that taco building. Yeah, uh, yeah, he painted of course. That. He was just an eclectic guy. Um, Remember we took a picture yeah. there two years ago this weekend during the yeah. graduation. I, Absolutely. The other day, it's like you, me, uh, Tiffany, Lorelai, and Chad. It's super fun. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I think that's, that, those are, that's, a, that's another really good example. Um, any others that you can think of? Um, I think that kind of wraps it up. There were some, you know, tertiary, I don't want to say tertiary because that lessens somebody dying, but, you know, as far as people that were impactful or that I was very familiar with, I would say that kind of wraps it up, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. past two years think, were kind of rough for that. Yeah. I think that the other prominent ones I would mention maybe would be Chuck Berry, which we kind of talked about, I think in the last episode Yeah, and then Tom Petty being the other one, but yeah, I mean, it, I think it's good that we did this catch up because it, it, we went well, recently. Little Richard just passed right. away a few days right. ago. Right. No, I think that those are very, they're very good examples. So um, I want to talk to you about our playlist habits, bringing on the Spotify playlist. So um, I've been making all sorts of playlists recently for um, different uh, affinity groups at work. Um, I made one for Chinese New Year uh, for when we did our Lunar New Year celebration. Uh, mm -hmm. I do Black History Month, and I sort of start the I start the movement and make it collaborative, and then my co coworkers add their stuff, and it's it's always so much fun. Um, and I've actually been really investing into your compilations that you've brought forth, and even uh -oh. in classes, yeah, yeah, and even in my weekly yoga classes, I've been um, playing your playlist, um, and it's been I mean every time I listen to it, I'm like this is a a playlist that you built for vinyasa yoga, uh, you know, on your own accord, because you've been, you've been studying yoga pretty seriously, I think for like the last two years, right? Um, you yeah. invested in the down dog app, you and Tiffany have been um, continuing to go to good instructors in Texas. When you were working out in Fort Worth, you were regularly going to a studio and you adapted Baptiste style. Um, so I want you to tell me about that journey for you and how that's been and uh, what kind of artists have you really started to dig into? Um, what sort of bands and genres have really become sort of your new journey, your new normal in the last three years since we launched Banter? Uh, well, as far as like my yoga practice, my playlist, so obviously I'm, I do Baptiste yoga, so there's no music, which is kind of funny that I put together these playlists for yoga, but uh, you kind of, inspired me so um you know i have to kind of you know you kind of volleyball spiked it up to me so i can pass it back to you so you can get nice. yourself a nice spike but yeah you nice. kind of influenced how i put these playlists together but what i will listen for is like i like a good um i like a good beat you gotta have a little something to i, I like mm -hmm. beats that are not too fast because it helps you breathe you know you kind of want to breathe along with the tracks yeah. Um, but then, you know, I, I like that kind of electronic-y feel, but, you know, not too, like, <laughs> For real. yeah. 
But uh, yeah, I like to keep it kind of upbeat and, and low key. And this is how I also like, I listen to this while I'm working too. So, you know, mm -hmm. I don't want to listen to anything too heavy, which yeah. I think right now during COVID too is helping. So, yeah. you know, uh, and, and uh, you know, from there, I just kind of start a playlist with a few songs and then I let Spotify kind of guide me to it'll it'll pull up some songs that mm -hmm. maybe I haven't heard of or I'll go and listen to dance playlists and kind of put yeah. stuff together I don't know I wish I had a better method to my madness but it's really I don't think that's that sounds good okay <laughs> sure. no I, I don't think there's any lack of mythology to that in fact what it sounds like you're doing is first of all thank you for the compliments but really um, it, it's more about exploring what vibes with you and not just what's popular and what sounds good, but actually what you as a musician, I mean, you are a very advanced musician who's about to, you know, produce some of your art and, and uh, you know, bring it to the world. And you've played in cover bands, you've played instruments, you, you know, you and I have gone really deep into topics like Lady Gaga and piano, right? And so, um, yeah. you know, things that, you know, we do in, in banter, right? These are the things that you and I have done deep dives on. And so subsequently, I think that for you, you are starting to find where the yin yang exists between your understanding and appreciation of music and what's contemporary and current and much more inclusive and much more creative. And the messaging isn't around like, you know, garbage, you know, like, you know, shit that like, you know, people sometimes, you know, really overdosed on back in the, you know, 90s and 2000s where it was just... Yeah, I think these, what I like about these songs too is they're not, um, they're not just so explicitly about like, I'm trying to bang everybody in this bar, let's right. all go and bang everybody in the bar. Mm -hmm. But it's, I don't know, they're just more like kind of uplifting and even if there's, the words are kind of silly, they're just, I don't know, they're just not like... I don't get a gross vibe out of them. You know, I don't feel like I need a shower. Like after I listen to a puddle of mud song, I feel like I just <laughs> need to go bathe. But, you know, I listen Everything to my... So oh God. But if I listen to like My, My, My by Troy Sivan, I just feel kind of... Oh, yeah. Fresh. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I was so like delighted when I was playing it one day, like randomly on a Tuesday, like pre-COVID. And like you texted me in the very instance, you were like, Send me a screenshot of like the Spotify news feed, and you were like, my, my, my. And I was like, my, 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 you have great, like, look at us just like stroking each other's egos. But, but I, I really will die every night with you if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a great song. And uh, another song. I, it's, yeah. yeah. In, well, in I want to interrupt. I want to interrupt, but speaking of COVID, a lot of musicians are starting to come out with like, songs that they're recording during quarantine like charlie xcx for instance just released an album on friday that she re she recorded entirely from her house that's so it. it's really and it's really good too it's it's very impressive that you know artists are, and she's donating all of the proceeds she gets from it and from merch sales related to it to nice you know, people in yeah. need so i think it's great like it's forcing people to become more creative and pursue things yeah. like i'm finding time to now record an album for you know our the little band I have with Lorelai and we're recording this stuff. I mean, it's kind of tough to do vocals right now, social distancing, yeah. but you know, we have the, the basis. Like you're you're kind of starting an ad hoc yoga studio from your house. Right. You know, I think it's cool that it's this is forcing us, you know, to pursue the things that we 
always thought we never had time to do. And it's, right. I think it's making us also appreciate more that we should be taking time to do these things. Yeah. Not just be corporate drones for the rest of our lives and never Real. pursue anything. Right. 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 I, I feel like, uh, you know, the premise is you no longer have to deal with the administrative and bureaucratic overhead that is playing at a venue or teaching at a studio or doing whatever, whatever, where the product of your investments is really your talent and your skill, but you're not even getting the full slice of the pie that you're deserved for the amount of labor and effort that's involved. Like, you know, the yoga studio, I had, a, I, I actually had to, I left my um, employer of seven years that I had worked at uh, in four different markets and I had a re-audition between each move. It was a, a lot of dumb red tape, um, but I enjoyed it for being able to put together playlists and put things like my, my, my on there and utilize and harness the power of the Spotify recommendation engine. Um, you know, I, I used, uh, you know, I, I actually pay for my family's Spotify subscription um, so that my dad can utilize it for free and have the advantages of Spotify premium. Like, to me, that's, that's a great model because it also has gotten my dad reconnected with the music that he loves. And, um, I, and cute story, shout out to Papa Anon, but like, he's that like guy in the back of the spin class that like has his iPhone surreptitiously like hid in a pocket. Scepter <laughs> plays a song that he really loves. He hits the Shazam, which is something I totally do, right? You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an un, uh, unshamed uh, Shazam, Shazam person in public school. I will go through it. Oh to get my Spotify or my, my, my thing very discreetly. But even if I look like an idiot while doing it, I'm like, it's worth it for the song. Yeah. Yeah. So I love, I love Spotify because I can go down weird rabbit holes with music and for real? it just keeps taking, like I went down a little bit of a Bollywood rabbit hole this week. Hell yeah. Yeah. It's exactly the case because, um, you know, I did that all afternoon with my rainy day, uh, uh, Sunday it was so bleak outside, and all I've been doing is, um, you, you want to know the name of the song that started me down this rabbit hole? I'm going to butcher it. No, say it. What is it? Terry Piari Piari Du Akinyan. I think I might have heard that one today. Like when I was, so that was like my Sunday afternoon activity. And if I'm correct, yeah, I, I put that onto this new playlist I've been creating. Again, for a work function. Yeah, my my sincere apologies for pronouncing that like. No, 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 no. Person. That's not. That's not the. That's not why. I. That's a, that's totally okay. Um, I'm not sure what it is truly either. It's because I don't know the song. I think I've only heard it once or twice. Today. But I learned from you. I heard it on Spotify, and I immediately had to go to YouTube and watch mm. the videos because I've learned all those are <laughs> related to so, movies, and now. I want to start watching Hollywood movies because so, so I love the production. Yeah, I know. Like when I come to Texas this week, let's, let's coordinate and figure out a way to do that and keep each other accountable. Um, but the other thing I wanted to ask you is, um, oh man, so many questions. Okay, the first one being, um, you know, that's why I have 108 Spotify playlists, right? Like that's why I, I want to try to create and collect all of these genres and dominions and be like, you know, <clears throat> using my Spotify premium benefits to be able to like start to learn more yeah. about the individual genre. And like I said, match up to the stuff that you were talking about. Um, 
And, and the other thing I, I, I'd like to add and share is that, you know, you and I have appreciated 80s music and all kinds of former music genres. And there's been a recycling of those tunes and those beats or whatever. But whether it's in Bollywood, whether it's in, in Spanish and in, in reggaeton and, you know, rap or everything, like it's, it's no longer appropriation or appropriation feeling to, to bring back 80s or 90s rap and integrate it into current hip hop, R&B or rap song because they're doing so in homage to the artists. You know, we're thinking about examples like, you know, the Marvin Gaye remix of um, um, Sexual Healing, right? Uh, that Kygo. Kygo in it. Or similarly, Kygo with Whitney Houston for Higher Love that, you know, <laughs> wasn't even a song that Whitney ever sang to our knowledge because it was not her That's song. a cool story. He, um, he just found a, a copy of her singing that song and just stripped all the music out of it and just redid the music himself. Really That's cool. That's awesome. That's super cool. And, and I like hearing that because, as you mentioned, that is the kind of creativity that we're starting to see. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, Charlie XCX has, I have to say, Matt, in the four years I've known you, You've always seen since from the very beginning that Charlie XCX was a rising star and has continued rising. You, you've been very, very consistent. Oh, I'm a fan. Yeah, yeah. You've been very consistent with uh, keeping me up to speed on Charlie XCX. You're just every time something releases, you instantly message me, which is super appreciated. Um, well, I it's all started. I saw her at South by Southwest when I was in college. This was back like, oh my God, this was like back before Boom Boom Clap came out you know, that, like, first big song she Summer had. Summer so 2014. This, I mean, yeah, this is, I mean, this Ooh, was, like, clap, 2000, da, da, da. this was, like, 2011 or 12, so, I mean, this is, like, and it was a tiny little teeny tiny bar, and there's maybe 20 people gathered around. I literally mean, like, I, I mean, I was at the front of the stage. There was, like, mm -hmm. 20 people in the room. It's just crazy, so back mm -hmm. then, like, I knew, like, oh, my God, this person's really talented, and the yeah. song sounded really great, and then it's just yeah. kind of grown from there, and mm -hmm. so I've just always kept up with her music because I, I like it. I mean, she does, I mean, she's, I, you know, probably not the strongest singer in the world because she uses a lot of auto-tune, but it's just the way she does stuff. I, I really like how mm -hmm. she makes these. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a fan. You, you mm -hmm. can say it. I think it's safe yeah. to say. For yeah. sure. And and on that note, just kind of quick shout-out to South by Southwest that like, got canceled this year, and, you know, we all know that Austin live music, all the artists that are um, very dependent on those events to bring in revenue, recognition, partnerships, uh, networking. Oh my gosh. All these really bars sucks. in Dallas are starting to close now that we're music venues. I mean, it's just sad. Mm -hmm. It's really, it's I really just miss like I just miss live music right now. Yeah, for sure. And absolutely. There will be nothing like it ever. No Zoom conference could replace the RM feeling and the connection of a live music scene. But, um, you know, shout out to those artists, the ones that have uh, had to kind of suffer through that. Um, and also to their fans, it, it totally does suck. Um, my good friend Sonal, shout out to Sonal, she's a comedian based here in Chicago. And she was supposed to, and I, Matt, I haven't sent you the video clip, but she had a seven minute video uh, that she starred in. That's a really cool, interesting, little kinky, little bit naughty, um, you know, uh, acting with beautiful, beautiful representation. Let's, uh, we'll throw a little link in the bio for this episode. Yeah, well, it was on, it was on uh, a Prime for a few days, but what's fascinating is, is that she went through all of that 
and it wasn't able, it, it got canceled this year the first time. And she sort of like, you know, leaned into the fact that, you know, it's still her artwork and maybe it's actually going to get even more promotion and views this time around because people will be able to watch it on their own time, right? Um, other than, you know, than at South by Southwest where there's a million things going on at once. Still, um, you know, that's, that's, that's amazing that that's where you discovered Charlie XCX, right? And, and how you've continued to um, promote her up. And it's great that, you know, we all in a way, like I was listening to Imagine Dragons tonight, which I came to find out when I was living in Minneapolis, right? Um, or other bands like um, from back in the day, you know, when we were talking about like Bleachers or for the 1975 or to, you know, just kind of these, uh, even John Legend, as we talked about from the very beginning, um, you know, good music, even if it doesn't appeal to everyone at mass. Um, and, and what you've done and the, the kind of research that you've taken upon yourself is totally also to your own credit. Um, so that's the first thing I wanted to ask. The second thing I wanted to ask you is, I'm starting to feel this, I know this sounds like such privileged, like BS, but um, you know, as a musician, as an artist, um, with your knowledge of all the mediums and like with my knowledge of the mediums that go from Spotify to YouTube, to iTunes, to SoundCloud, to you name it, it's, it's overwhelming and really exhausting to do with all of these apps and not have everything integrated into a platform such to the point you could do your own media production really seamlessly without having to outsource it. Um, what kind of things have you found to be best or most helpful, or are you in the same boat as I am, where even though it feels like it's less of a, a burden to do all this creative stuff and launching a product like you are, um, are you, are you f figuring out ways to ease yourself of having to feel like you're constantly uploading stuff, trimming stuff, editing stuff, testing out microphones like you and I had to do, you know, for a good few minutes while we were uh, setting up in the banter recording studio. Yeah. I mean, uh, um, I, so like one of our songs, it took me almost probably 48 hours, not like total, not like over two days, but like 48 probably hours of actual labor just to get mm. one song done. So Whoa. it just got really tedious and, um, so to kind of combat that, like I just, like I just had to, I had to just start writing new music for us, which probably won't be good in the long run. But like I just decided I needed to write a funk song yesterday or the day well, before on Friday. So I just can you write an emo song? Because your uh, hairdo right now is totally emo. You know that, right? Like you literally yeah, have. I'm like literally watching you flip your hair around and do the whole thing, like. You should yeah, dude. Uh, you know, to, just do you remember in episode 10 when we talked about like, you know, the stuff into at that point? I mean, that was like probably the most perfect flip. I wish I had taken that in like the slow motion feature on the iPhone. Um, <laughs> Cause you would have like out maneuvered Ariel with the, you know, like the mermaid look that all those white girls do when they try to like. Yeah. Let's just say this hair has that. volume right now. You have hard power volume. I have, yeah a little buzz cut <laughs> yeah um the texas heat a little bit more tolerable for me when i come oh up. i just embrace the sweat yes, <laughs> yes. hey you we'll be able to record banter live uh face to face again with our yeah. masks on from a socially distant six feet away uh, on. sunday yoga you know um yeah I, I think that it would be great for the the usual crew especially the dallas ones 
to feel free to do it in my parents' backyard. Yes, I am going to volunteer their backyard. Oh, I would do that in a heartbeat. Yeah, I mean, they have a yard. Why not use it? Like, nice yard. Everything is it's a great yard. Yeah, everything is bigger in person, and or sorry, bigger in Texas. Whatever. Your parents are great hosts. Thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe margaritas afterwards. <laughs> but uh, so anyhow, like, yeah, your your emo days that we talked about in episode ten. I think that you should lean into those. So, like, I don't know if you, so when you hear our album, you'll notice a lot of the songs are sad, but I try to make them sound happy. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're, the lyrics are all going to be kind of downers, but we Um. try to, uh, I try to do it kind of in a way where you're going to be dancing along to it, but then you're going to be like, why am I, why am I shedding tears? Oh, I'm super excited. I'm super excited. And so, yeah. The release schedule? (laughs) um so i've i mean we've got one song totally done so like track one is done track two um i i I, for this first one it's gonna be like an ep five songs because until Mm. i can we can go into a studio and like have an actual producer do it there's no way i can it took 45 hours you said right oh my god it was miserable so we're almost through two songs i'd like to have five I have mm-hmm. a third one where we just have to do vocals. Um, okay. And then two, and then one that we've written, I just haven't recorded yet. Um, mm-hmm. And then one more is just going to be a wild card. We'll see yeah. what, what happens. I just kind yeah. of piddle around um, and see what happens. But uh, yeah, yeah it's, it, keeps away the, it keeps away the Corona blues for sure. For sure. Yeah, staying busy. But at the same time, you know, you, you can still get burnt out on your side hustles and administrative hobbies. And I know that you've also, you know, for the live music shows, I mean, you used to do, at least when I lived in Dallas, at least one show every other week, if not more, right? And you played at weddings and you still continue to do that leading all the way up to COVID-19 because it was fun for you. It was, you know, free practice time. Um, You know, you could move with different bands and and you kind of switched gears here, there and everywhere to experiment. Um, but that's all been gone now because you can't do live shows. So you've been tutoring and I'm going to start joining you in the tutors. You've referred me to it, but like, you know, virtual tutoring has become a thing. And so, you know, you've started to in all different kinds yeah. of projects. If so, I had to, if I had to rank things that I like doing as a side hustle, <laughs> tutoring yeah. is not number one, but uh, it's, it's just something to make a little extra buck here and there but uh totally you know i'm i'm happy i am happy to have music as a side gig i've kind of yeah. like converted my home office into a home office slash music mm-hmm. recording studio so it's mm-hmm. been fun like it's it's nice mm-hmm. like whereas i would take a coffee like i would walk to go get coffee or something during the day like those you know couple minutes i now like will go switch over to my music production thing make a quick beat and then come back to work two minutes later. I mean, it's just fun. Yeah, yeah. Don't tell my boss. <laughs> no, no, I totally understand. I mean, you and I are the kings of side hustles, which sounds so shady now that it comes out of my mouth. But <laughs> well, I mean, okay. When we were when we first met from 2016, both of us had full time jobs. Both of us were doing MBA programs. I was teaching yoga and maintaining this podcast with you, maintaining another podcast and blogging and juggling everything you were simultaneously playing at shows tutoring volunteering i mean you had all your side hustles going on too like 
and you continue to do that and now like you know juggling all these kind of things it's it's the millennial i think resilience factor and it's the ability to sort of say whatever and i hate this word so much i use it only when i like refer to it as total bullshit word optics you know the optics of like you know moving companies you know, in, in more like recurring fashions, it's no longer frowned down upon. It doesn't mean you're un, you're, you're not loyal. It means that you have curiosity about acquiring different skills and adapting to new environments and taking risks effectively. And those risks and, you know, whatever successes and failures come out of that make you stronger, more resolute about the next challenge or the next phase, right? Um, and so, yeah, there's no harm in trying out different things. Since I was young, I have been working in all kinds of oddball jobs. I, I was a bartender server once, uh, you know, at a restaurant, at a hookah bar in Dallas. Another time uh, for a full summer, I worked in a warehouse in South Dallas. And I came back the following summer. I, I worked at the Dallas Morning News one summer. I, you know, uh, I was a valet driver for another one. And even after I left my last job before I joined the parent company I'm at, this is a year ago. I, I didn't have a new job lined up and I kind of took the summer off. I drove for Lyft. I hated it. I never yeah. wanted to do it again, but I did it. I did it. And I have no shame in saying that. Actually, when I was leaving my last employer on my exit interview, I, I, <laughs> I mentioned that I had filled out a Lyft application and gotten approved to drive and I was going to start driving. And they laughed. And they were like, ha, that's cute. And I'm like, well, it might be cute to you, but I, I need to like make money. And so this is like a way to kind of hold me over with a little extra cash, right? I'm, I'm just trying to explore different options to some liquidity. You know, whatever your laugh is could be like trash to you, but like, you know, for me, just something to try to do. And there's no, it's undignified to do that. Uh, yeah. you know, there's no... If, if you and I were to lose our full-time jobs today, um, you know, we have the ability to kind of lean into whatever side hustles we do to try to earn uh, liquidity that you and I obviously need because you and I were just talking earlier about life planning and, and, and um, you know, the kind of investments and the, uh, you know, little port ways you, you sort of uh, build your nets around yourselves because for you, for your family, for your loved ones, whatever, um, you know, you're preparing for a rainy day that's potentially coming like yeah 2020 when COVID happens right and i think i think my next venture that i want to do for this podcast is start doing a few little articles that i'd like to write just kind of i used to do you know we used to do new music on here but i was thinking i could start writing little album reviews that are yeah. more digestible than the ones that are out there because right now you have these like pretentious asshole writers that write these articles about albums that are just like if you read a pitchfork article it's like what the hell is this person saying it's a right album it's not they get like off in these weird ass tangents and i just want to write articles that are like here's mm -hmm. what this album is it was good or is bad mm -hmm. here's why here's what it reminds me of here's how the yeah. artist wrote it here's some quotes from them enjoy it mm -hmm. make it digestible so yeah no i'm with you but you know you and i can talk about media all day and all things considered, maybe this is a little bit too like poly positive of me to say, but I think that there's also a reckoning day that's very quickly approaching with media and it's going to implode just kind of like the airline industry and the travel industry has imploded. Like 
slowly and surely the Darwinianism, in quotes, of, of COVID-19 will hit news sources. Like, I have completely turned out media, which may sound super selfish of me, but, like, I got to prioritize my mental health. I have to prioritize my safety, my limited exposure to other people. And so, therefore, I'm not going to, like, you know, I'm happy that people trust certain sources more than the others, but, like, Fox News has gotten canceled in the UK. Like, cancel culture and that tidal wave of just saying, your writing is bullshit and it's just basically you trying to be careless with the mediums that is the media and, and try to, you know, you, you have haughty opinions and you're just turning into trolling and now people are going to sit through that and they're going to call you out for that and they're effectively going to cancel you out. So you're going to lose interest in, in trolling and, you know, spewing that kind of bullshit out on, on the internets. And instead, the, the surviving writers, the surviving people that who opine are, are ones that are more middle ground and same for the other things, right? You know, the polarizing stuff, it, it's just like Yoda said, you know, it's out of fear, which, you know, leads to insecurity, which leads to hate, which leads to suffering. Yeah. Anger is there all the way through. Absolutely. But on that note, I, I do want to wrap up here because uh, it's yeah. a really fun episode to record. And I'm so happy that we're, uh, we're in our tweens, you know, we're uh, you towards our teenage episodes of Banter Podcast. I know. Next episode's number, numero 12. We'll have to see what's in store for us. Yeah. Well, thank you for always sharing your music passion with me. It's such a delight. I, I know our listeners love it, too. Um, anything else that you wish to share from this week? Uh, more about your album or things for us to look out for? No, I'll keep you guys updated. We're not there yet, but uh, we're getting close. But uh, keep an eye out for uh, some published articles from us on the internet. I think that's going to be coming soon. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we, the offer still stands. Uh, please leave us a review. Please leave us a rating. Let us know how the audio quality is. You're totally fair game to sing our praises or bust our chops. We'll welcome it. We'll embrace it. We're millennials. We like feedback. Uh, we like praise more than chops. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and we'd also love for you guys to, to be featured on this podcast. We've had guests before. We'd love to have those same guests back. We'd love to have new guests, people to opine on things. It doesn't have to be for a full episode. Um, you know, we can just bring you on as a guest to opine for a couple minutes and fit it into a larger episode uh, just to make this uh, a fun talk about music with no strings. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to be an expert to be on this podcast. Yes, you're just going to talk with the experts. It's just banter. <laughs> just banter. Music talk for the people. Bye, the people. Bye, the people. On that note, Matt, signing off. See you, Rohan. Bye. Later. That was fun.